Okay. Okay. So welcome to another edition of No More Mondays Talks.、Um, my name is Breda. I'm the CEO and co-creative partner of No More Mondays,、um, and we are doing、uh, these No More Mondays Talks to、uh, bring you interesting conversations with people who work in and around fashion.、Uh, and I can't really think of、um, a better represent. Representation of this than、uh, our good friend Federico Nessi.、Um, Federico、uh, is a creative director, artistic director, artist, musician, DJ.、Um, he has worked with brands like Ferrari and Miu Miu, and、uh, recently released his first short film project. And if I'm correct, in a matter of days, you're also、uh, having your first music video released, which we can touch in on a little bit later. Um, but first, a tiny bit of history.、Uh, Federico and I met each other in、uh, Portland, Oregon, in the early 2000s. I'm aging us here, Federico. <laughs>、um, That's totally fine. <laughs> you,、um, I believe, at the time had recently finished art school, and you, just like me,、uh, found yourself in advertising. Maybe a little bit surprisingly.、Um, so, but. Going back even further than that,、um, could you start out by telling me about when you first had a realization of you needing to be or needing to create?、Uh, what was your first sort of like?、Uh, you have done so many different things. How did you start out exploring your creativity? Oh, wow, that's a that's a really good question.、Um, I think it's it's always been the case with me. Like it was it was kind of like an innate sort of. Uh, thing I did in, in in my life from like when I was really little, I I was always performing. I was like in all the talent shows.、Uh, I was you know pretty. I wouldn't say flamboyant kid, but I was definitely you know I loved to draw. I, I was you know I was I was I was that that kid you know. <laughs>、um, yeah, and then you know the 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 grunge. Thing happened. I'm aging myself、uh, right now、um, by saying that, but and and that kind of like blew me away、uh, in the early '90s, and that kind of gave me this whole other perspective of of what it was to go against the grain and to be creative and to you know listen to your own voice and to basically do whatever the fuck you want. And and that you know it really inspired me. I was part of the MTV generation, so. I watched a ton of music videos, so、um, for me,、uh, creativity was always tied in some way to music.、Um, and and then yeah, I went to I I did high school in Argentina, and I I went to a, a school that you know the what is it, junior and senior year split into three different、um, sectors, and and I went into you know the, the literary part, so it was like literature and and fine art and music. So that's when I was kind of you know completely immersed in the possibility of of a sort of like creative future.、Um, I was always kind of like, oh, let's 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 see how this goes. <laughs> My parents never really were too convinced, maybe not not convinced, but they were always like, all right, you know, they were super supportive always, and they've never questioned my decisions, but. At first, they were kind of like, "Okay, cool, yeah, maybe an architect, or you know, maybe you could." You know, they were always trying to think of more sort of like,、uh, you know, money-making <laughs> possibilities for what I do. And 
as parents do, you know, they're like, perfect, architect. I'm like, oh, well, maybe, maybe, yeah, I guess. Um, so, so yeah, so that was kind of like the beginning of it. And then I moved to the States and, and I immediately got into, into, oh, I started working right away when I got to the States, but I was doing school on the side and, and I was always, you know, focusing on, on art classes and, and that sort of development. I, it was always super important for me and I, you know, I've always been inspired by subculture. So, it was, you know, the, the subcultures I was fascinated at the moment completely inspired what I was into then, too, you know? Like, on my goth phase, I was super into, you know, like, the goth artists and the goth musicians, and I went more into punk, and, you know, it was always about the research and diving into what uh, those subcultures represented creatively. So that was always, like, a big inspiration. So I don't know if that answers your question well, but that... 100%. 100% okay. 100%, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I mean, I, I learned about your sort of musicianship, if you can call it that. Uh, I mean, of course you can call it that, uh, (laughs) later on. Um, and I mean, it's almost like now you've gone full circle by the fact that you're releasing or you directed a a music video for, uh, an artist whose name I'm, my mind. Alison Sudol. There you go. Um, And yeah, so, so, and, and you've also started uh, sort of a music video channel, if you will, on Instagram, uh, I have. where you share uh, currents and like, and I guess mostly like recent music videos, sort of uh, in memory of MCD. As, as exactly. MCD. Yeah, it was, you know, that, that started in a, it was all very serendipitous and it all kind of connects together and like you say it's definitely full circle and it's it's pretty interesting to you know even how you introduced me like oh he does this and that and that and that and it's just like I feel like I was always trying really hard to figure out a way to define what I do and I've gotten to a point now where I do not care about that definition anymore and I just do whatever feels right in the moment and and it's taken a long time to get to this point of me like second guessing myself and doubting like like oh maybe I should be doing this instead of that but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's like, you know, post COVID times and the fact that, you know, everything kind of just got like thrown up in the air and, and everyone's reality got shaken so much. But there was something about just kind of doing what feels right in the moment that, that, that I've been trying to embrace more and more um, recently. Um, so, well, going back to the music video capsule thing, it's, it's, uh, it's something I started with, with a close friend of mine in, in Miami and we're both again, MTV babies. And, and we, you know, I personally felt really almost disillusioned by the fact that there's no real platform to, to discover new music videos, you know, like I would stay up till, you know, midnight watching 120 minutes and, you know, this, this sort of, uh, for me, it was it was how I discovered so much, and not just musically, but you know, artistically, and you know, film references. There was so much that that that, that like you know inspired me. Um, and now it feels like the the music video as an art form has been you know a little disregarded. Bands are still making them and are making great videos, but you don't really you know it's not, there's nowhere to see it really unless you're like following the band or you're following the label there's nowhere that really like kind of compiles them in a curated manner uh and and presents them so you know at first i was like oh let's do an app you know i started thinking of all these like more complex things to do and my friend was like hold your horses like let's maybe just start an instagram first and let's see what happens but but it's been really great cuz me personally one of my big references always for my work is has always been music videos old and or new 
So I also started this in an almost selfish manner. You know, it's a way to have a lot of, you know, I like a music video. I put it because we have a YouTube page, too, um, with different playlists and channels, whatever. So as soon as I, you know, I'm inspired by music video, I put it in the corresponding year for for that music video. Um, so it's a way to have a sort of archive. People can, you know, go in and look through the, the playlist, see it by year. And, you know, and it's it's obviously super subjective because it's the stuff that me and my friend like. But um, it's also, you know, we take into consideration a lot of things, you know, like it, it's, it's not about like high production value. It's about, you know, creativity and people that are actually putting uh, some passion into their, their music videos. So, so yeah, we did a little research and it was approximately about 2002 that MTV stopped showing, you know, heavily music videos and, and transitioned into, into reality television as we know it today. Um, and so also our thing is kind of like we started in 2002 till, till, to, to, to now to the present day. So we're going backwards, uh, every, every few weeks we release a new year. Um, oh, and the okay. idea is to eventually, yeah, to eventually have, you know, a, a pretty, uh, you know, nice archive of music videos between 2002 and, and, you know, 2022 and we'll continue. So. So yeah, and then yes, you know, as I started that, and then all of a sudden, I'm like directing my first music video, which should be coming out um, really soon, which is very exciting. That's incredible. It's, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, I think I think you've already sort of described so much about how you work as an artist and a and a creative, um, and uh, I, I think there's something inspiring about sort of the that you haven't at least not over long periods of time felt tied down to any one thing and you've sort of allowed yourself to to sort of uh go from from creative expression to expression which also um uh, led you to fashion uh, later on which or mm -hmm. i mean a while ago but i mean it seemed like already what you described in sort of your earlier years like with with punk and with with grunge uh was a like how important was the was sort of the style and the fashion side of that and, and and was that part of you sort of your building interest later on to enter fashion oh my god totally like a hundred percent like I, I it was all about not all about obviously i was all about the music and and the vibe but you know the 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 next big part of that was the looks, you know, like you've seen images of me as a goth kid, you know, like I was all about the, like embracing the full, the full look. So fashion for me has always been uh, really, really important. And, and as soon as I started getting more into, into, you know, contemporary fashion, I started realizing how heavily inspired fashion has always been also from, from music, you know, like obviously, you know, you go back and you start, you know, there, 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 there's so many, you know, um, there's so many references that, that, that are immediately, you know, Mark Jacobs with grunge. There's so many things that are obviously now when you understand fashion a little more, you realize how they were hand in hand. But, but even, you know, I, when I started working at Mew Mew, my first, uh, my first fashion show that, that I attended and worked there, you know, the whole soundtrack was Susie and the Banshees. And to me, it was like, and then in the styles of those looks, you could see, you know, the like Susie goth vibe. So, so that's when I kind of, you know, that was one of those moments where it was an aha moment where I realized like, oh, wow, you know, like it's all so intertwined. So why, you know, only focus on one if, if you know, you can kind of like merge them and, and, and be creative in all facets of, of, of you know, the, 
be it art, be it music, be it, be it fashion. I think, you know, it's, it's the most exciting to me is when they're all kind of tied and, and explored simultaneously, you know? Mm. But, um, so, so was it the moment you're describing with the first show with Mew Mew? Um, is this sort of when you, when you realized that that was kind of your strength, uh, as opposed to maybe you, I don't know if you even considered it your weakness before that you had done a lot of different things, but was there something that happened in, in that way in that, in that period? A little bit, actually. Actually, even getting the job uh, was, I think, heavily influenced by the fact that I'm a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades because, you know, I remember the interview process uh, when, I was, when I was interviewing for Mew Mew and... Uh, it, I was a visual merchandiser at the time. Talk about like another random thing I've done in my life. Um, and, and I, you know, I was in the store, they were asking me to do different things in the store and I knew every single song on the playlist, you know, and I was singing and I was tech, you know, talking to them about the musicians and, you know, in the back of the, you know, I could see in their faces like that they, couldn't care less about what I was telling them. But, you know, afterwards they told me like, we really appreciated your enthusiasm. And, and we know that, you know, at least Mew Mew and Prada are brands that are very influenced by that, you know, by culture as a whole. Um, so I think something that's always kind of like helped me stand out from, from, you know, different people that are maybe doing similar jobs is that, that I come in with a, with a pretty wide range of, of references and, and, and knowledge that, you know, I might not be the most knowledgeable when it comes to fashion, but, but, you know, I'll know the whole history of, you know, the, the person singing the song that's playing in your store, you know? So there's something (laughs) that, that can be, you know, that that's also somewhat, I guess, endearing about that. And I've learned that, you know, the opportunities I've had, I've always, it's been in situations that people appreciate that. Obviously there's, you know, a million opportunities out there where people don't care, you know, they, they wouldn't care less about my, you know, oh, I love art, I love, you know, music, you know, like there, there's, you know, the fashion industry, we all know is very, it can be very rigid. But at the same time, it's also, you know, incredibly uh, creative and, and exciting. And I think as soon as, you know, there, there's so many people that I've, that are very heavily in the art industry, uh, in the fashion industry that, that I have relationships with that, when we get together, all we talk about is anything but fashion, you know? And I think that's also important. It's important to be able to kind of like step outside of that bubble that can become so, you know, overwhelming <laughs> because as you know, when you're in it, it's just like, you know, you're working on stop. It's uh, your whole life is about it. It's good, you know, to be able to, to, to be able to, you know, take a breath and, mm. and focus on other things that are also inspiring. You know, I think fashion that's inspired by fashion is always, is not that interesting to me personally. I like fashion that's like, you know, inspired by film, that's inspired by, you know, art, that's inspired by music. I think that's when it's like captivating, you know, that's what it was like. Mm. McQueen was fascinating because of that, you know, he was this like crazy storyteller that obviously made beautiful clothes, but there was, there was always a heavy element of, of, of cultural references. And, and um, I think, you know, as soon as you can get into that conversation, that's when I'm personally interested. You know? But do you think there's something in the zeitgeist about that as well? Of like, that was more like how fashion was at the time, whereas like now it certainly feels that, that it's become much more sort of self-referential and, and, the, and the sort of 
the reference loop is sort of getting closer and closer. Oh, totally. Like now, oh, that's also like our... 90s references and, and stuff like that. And, and, and also the timing, like of, uh, how much time there is to create a collection. Uh, oh it God. seems like the number of collections has increased drastically for the, for the brands that are like in the, in the top tier now. So, uh, well, definitely that. And just like the, the need to, to, of exposure, you know, like the, the need to create and to, to be out there. I think, you know, we're also overwhelmed with, with imagery, with constant bombardment of, of, of content, uh, yeah. for lack of a better word, that, yeah. that everything is definitely, you know, self-referential, you know, everyone's trying to compete for attention. So, so, it, you know, the, there's definitely amazing brands out there that are doing their own thing. And those are the ones that I appreciate, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, we're, we're all competing for attention basically. So hundred <laughs> percent, but what, what are, so, I mean, you're, you're loosely referencing brands. What are the brands that excite you at the moment? Like what, what sort of, a, uh, yeah. And are there some fashion moments, if you will, that sort of like that has inspired you? Uh, well it's funny you're coming to me at a moment where i've kind of like taking a bit of a sabbatical from fashion so yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not in a you know it's not in a dramatic way but you know i just i just had a little bit of a fashion like oof, overwhelming moment and in, in the beginning of the year and ever since i've like taken on these like two personal projects which is one more art related and the other one as you know more music related um but i think you know sometimes you need these moments to come back you know, to what you do full force. So um, there's definitely brands I, I love and I'm always inspired by, you know, like I'm, I'm a big, uh, I don't know, Martin Rose fan. I, I, I really love Earl or ERL. I don't know how you, how you say it. Mm. Um, there is, you know, and then big brands, you know, like it or not in terms of fashion and exposure, where Balenciaga is obviously, you know, change you know breaking the mold um of everything that's going on and always like the trendsetter so it's always exciting to see you know what they're doing i think if you think of like big iconic cultural moments in the last few years i think balenciaga takes the cake you know like they've done most of them um so you know it it, it is exciting to see when when people kind of like take chances and and do the complete unexpected but it's true that maybe you don't you don't see it as much as 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 it was you know again going back to like the McQueen days or Margiela you know like there's still you know uh, incredible clothes being made but it's true that the the pressure to 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 produce and to you know make these shows happen just kind of maybe has taken away from the from the excitement or the yeah. the innovation potentially um, but you know I don't know there it's there's still, you know, there's still incredible moments that, that you can't deny, you know, like I work a lot with, with, uh, with Bureau Bitak and Bureau Futuro and, you know, and they always, you know, manage to bring a tear to your eye with like the beauty of what they create. But, but these are the, uh, these are the agencies, two of the biggest agencies that, that produces some of these fashion shows, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Like Bitdeck does, you know, Saint Laurent and a ton of shows. Um, and, you know, the production value is unbelievable. So, yes, it's this like magnificent, incredible show. Um, but I don't know the, aside from the production value of the show itself, I think, you know, the, the designer coming in and really creating this like, wow, aha moment. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's not as often, I think, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I don't want to sound cynical either. No, no, no but, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think it's a hundred percent, it's a valid conversation to have. And I think, I mean, when you were describing, uh, the brands you're talking about, I think 
if we were to compare uh, the magic of McQueen, um, if you guys go back and like, you know, see some, I mean, you probably know some iconic uh, moments with McQueen because uh, we've, they're, they're just sort of uh, staples in, in fashion imagery of and, and fashion at, at, at large. And, but then, yeah, and we can compare that to, to Balenciaga. I mean, with, in a much more obvious way, at least, uh, the clothes seem were definitely in the center uh, and part of so the driving force of the storytelling uh, of McQueen. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, the, the shows that we've seen from Balenciaga, I mean, they're certainly striking and they're impressive and it's, it's they're huge cultural and, and pop cultural events even. Um, um, so, so in a way they do maybe part of what the McQueen shows did. But I feel like the shows, the, the clothes are maybe uh, sort of second row to the show itself. That's true. It depends on the show too. Like that first couture show, like I remember a ton of pieces from that show, you know? You do? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, no, I mean, you it's... know, or the one with the giant, like the big dress and the blue space, you know, there is moments, but it's 100%. true that, that, yeah. that uh, you know, that, that, that McQueen, it, it was about, you know, the, the looks first and foremost and, mm. and same with Margiela. But uh, anyway, we sound like, like old, Bitter. <laughs> no, no, but, but Marcella I mean, McQueen were so much better than anything today. That's not the case, but no, it's, <laughs> it's just, just you know, it's these references that I think are important to always keep in mind and to hold close to you because they were breaking the mold. They were, you know, they were they were being innovative. They were, you know, concept and beauty above anything. And and I think that's something that we should never, you know, forget. The same way, like, you know, I'll talk forever about Kurt Cobain because, like, we don't, we've never had anyone since uh, like him, you know, to that degree of individuality and passion. And, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's important to, 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 to keep these icons um, present in, you know, your, your, your personal explorations. At least I, I try to, you know. But maybe some of the biggest, like, uh, um, I'm sure we got someone crying in the background here, but there's a <laughs> family situation going on. Um, but, um, but I, I mean, it, there's, um, like, a lot of the references that you mentioned um, uh, that have been inspiring you are sort of like, well, not necessarily counterculture, but like, uh, sort of been going against the grain. Um, no, one hundred percent. Counterculture um, is the right word for sure. <laughs> and is is that something that I mean? I'm not, not to dwell too long on this, but like, um, I mean, like fashion again is is so commercialized, perhaps mm. in in a lot in a large degree. So, I mean, do we have? Yeah, is, is there room for that? Even like the sort of counterculture in in culture today or in fashion. I think it's definitely less and and less. I do think that the you know the the icons within fashion that that embrace the counterculture are the ones that are eventually make it popular culture. Hmm. Um, I think there's always been this sort of like you know vicious cycle. Um, as soon as something becomes you know cool within the 
you know, the, especially like the fashion world and the art world, I think that's when, you know, it, it, it immediately becomes popular and then not immediately, it takes a few years, but, uh, and that's when it's kind of like, it loses its edge and, and then it, be, you know, it goes from counterculture to, to mass culture. Yeah, um, but it's true that there are, you know, it's maybe, there are people for sure going, you know, again, like I've, 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 I don't know at this point, you know, but what drew me to, to Martin Rose and, 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 and what she does a, a few years ago was that it just felt so like, you know, grungy and, 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 and gritty and like against anything that I was like seeing at the moment. So that's what I, you know, was, was really drawn to. Um, I'm trying to think of, other, you know, like Martin, Marine Serre, when she, you know, when she started off, that was like the, the, the big aspect of what she was doing too. It felt so futuristic. It felt so, so apocalyptic, you know, there was something mm. so unique to her voice. And, and I think it became so popular and exciting because it was so fresh, you know, Vetement in like 2014 or whenever it was. Yeah. It's like same vibe you know True. everyone was just like what the hell is this and and that's when it's exciting to me and it's you know it's i i, I guess maybe the fact that i can't think of other people right now <laughs> that i'm no, like, no, home, I, I think, like i think these you know, are really good examples 100%. those are great and these are recent times but maybe yeah right right now you know i'm excited to see the brands that are coming that are gonna like you know blow our or you know blow, blow us away like you know i know like Vaquera in uh, in New York has done some really cool and innovative stuff, you know. Like, but mm. I don't know. I, I guess uh, I'll I'll redirect my focus to fashion soon enough, and and you know try and explore that a little more. Uh, yeah. The new the new counterculture and what's happening. Well, I mean, there I think, always I is. I, that's the thing, and I, I think there's. I mean, there's. Um, I've heard a lot of people uh, talking about fashion and how it's so impossible to come into fashion and and i think a lot of people just like they remember the big brands and that it is you know that there's like this high threshold obviously uh, but then uh we did a we actually did a little uh, research on that uh for the fall winter 22 seasons in in uh, new york london milan and paris mm-hmm. and we found like like 90 or between 90 and 100 brands that were like small brands that that most people certainly wouldn't know uh, and these are the brands that are actually doing shows um and you know and then there's all the other brands that are only in showrooms which are hundreds of brands a hundreds so, for sure you know so there's like there's so much going on that there's so know. much no no and i have like friends you know my friend mohammed his brand rewarded found is like incredible you know like there's people out there doing doing you know so it's, it's hard to, to talk about it as if like oh no you know only the the big names are the ones that matter um but it's it's what we have the most exposure to and it's what's getting the attention you know and i think uh i'm like super like anti-algorithm at the moment because it's really frustrating me and i think you know the fact that that you know all we are exposed to is is the big names and the you know the the big advertisers and you know you get the you know this sort of like regurgitation of of the same information over and over again and it's like i wish i was getting exposure to you know, the smaller names, the smaller brands, the smaller exactly, artists, right. the smaller musicians, you know, I yeah. actively very, uh, you know, almost aggressively search out the unknown musical artists because that's something that, you know, I'm more passionate about. But, you know, I have to actively do it. And same with, you know, with, with art, I feel like it's a little bit, 
it's a little bit easier because art is already so niche <laughs> that you know you know the galleries that represent the the smaller artists or you you know you can focus on those galleries like it's a little bit art is a little bit more about like the fresh new face you know but fashion for sure it's it's a lot harder to like tap into and make a name for yourself i think when you're talking about you know at a brand level yeah absolutely but but i think also there's something about just like remembering that there are so many small brands for sure um, and uh, all, all of these brands are essentially startups um, totally and uh, oh no and most of these people have side jobs and you know are mm. you know working in other brands to you know make a living while they're developing their brands like it's a, it's definitely like a passion project at first for a lot of them and there's yeah. incredible stuff being made but they just don't have the the funds or the, the you know the the support at the beginning to really be able to like show it to the world so it's yeah it's it's i don't know again it it, it goes back to what i said before it's like we're all competing for attention you know no matter exactly. what you're doing <laughs> exactly and i mean like you're talking about creating content and it's like i mean we're in a, in a way we're having this conversation uh that we're sharing with an audience and we're essentially creating content as well totally. um which is like it's it's I mean, before, like, you know, before that idea was introduced, like, okay, it's content that, or that it was defined that way. Uh, it feels like there's so much more like, it's just framed differently now. So it's, it's um, we're, we're, we need to have, take different considerations, perhaps, in, in some ways. For uh, sure. When we put things out there. Well, yeah. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. I feel like uh, when I was at Miu Miu, it was kind of like the, when that, that shift happened. Um, mm. of, you know, creating campaigns and, you know, having stuff that addresses your Instagram and that transition into content. Um, yeah. and, and it was a pretty abrupt shift, I think, because, you know, there was a brands that were already doing and then they were already kind of, uh, you know, creating a lot of stuff to fill their Instagrams. And then there were the brands that tried to catch up and and which was most brands, you know, because the digital kind of craze hit pretty, pretty pretty quickly in terms of like, you know, what it meant for, for these brands sales. So, uh, exactly. it was, it was fascinating to be in the middle of that and be like, Oh, cool. You know, like we're doing little shoots here and there to like, Oh fuck, I need to post like three times a day. Like, how am I going to make this happen? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then stories and then reels and then this, and then that It's just like, Oh my God, mm. I was having a conversation today with a, with a creative producer about it. And, and we were just, you know, it's, 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 it's almost, you know, completely cheapened, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the work uh, and what we're trying to do, you know, like it's, mm. uh, that's, what's been so exciting about this music video project. Like I made a music video and I delivered it. Like I made one piece <laughs> and I gave it to the label and yeah, they want to do cut downs or whatever they're doing their five cut downs, but it wasn't this like list of like 95 deliverables for every platform for yeah. Weibo for this, for that. It's just like, it's, it gets a little overwhelming on the creative side to know that, yes, I have to create this significant piece for a brand. Uh, but the idea is almost secondary to how much, uh, you know, how much they're expecting in terms of output. Um, so there's that constant conversation. That was one of the things that kind of made me be like, okay, I need a little break from this because, yeah. no, you know, it, it, it takes, uh, it, it takes a toll on you when you're like, you know, when you have like seven projects at the same time, it's like, it's, it's a lot to, to, to consider, but, um, so, so anyway, then, then we're, then we're <laughs> essentially talking about like creative output, which I can definitely relate to like in our studio, like we'll work on several collections at the same time. 
and one collection can be you know between say four and ten different artworks you know so it, it's it's a it's a big output it's um, a lot. so uh, where do you like where do you draw your inspiration from you already talked about music videos like when you i mean working commercially and professionally there's usually a job and then you sort of have to like fill that brief is that or answer to that brief right uh, totally as opposed to when you're doing personal projects when you sort of the idea comes first and then you sort of figure it out from there right for sure um so c could you talk a little bit about sort of like in and maybe like um uh in your experience in fashion as well like how like what is your inspiration and how can you talk a little bit about yeah your process and how how you how you dive into a project yeah well like you said there's always a brief um from the client you know like you know they're going to come either with a with a product that they want to showcase or if it's related to a show or a particular collection um so so that's always kind of like the base of what you're working on you know if it's more product oriented you're going to take it in a different direction obviously and then it's more image oriented for the brand um for me like something that that i've definitely applied to all all my commercial projects that i've worked on is, is storytelling like i think that's the the you know the 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 my bread and butter, I guess. Um, there is a ton of amazing art directors out there that can do beautiful, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, like fashion um, studio projects. And that's, that's not my jam, you know, like for me, I always start with some sort of story, like, what are we saying, you know, like, and so no matter what level of, of, uh, of production that I have for, for, for the project that I'm approaching, it's always about that. It's like, what, what are we trying to say? Um, I know that's a, a really vast <laughs> um, and vague statement, but there's, you know, it, it's, I think, um, being able to like tell some level of story in, in what we're doing, no matter how uh, superficial, whatever we're, we're presenting is, I think it's, uh, it's essential to, to how I approach projects. Um, another thing that I'm, really into personally and something that's uh, you know i always keep in mind when i'm working is like the universality of the message like i um i always have my parents in the back of my head when i'm working on ideas and oh, really? i tend yeah it's it's funny you know i tend to go I, I definitely have like an art school background so i tend to go really like heady and conceptual and um and i always have my parents in the back of my head because i try and you know my parents are amazing and you know super they're great people uh but they don't have that like you know essence of you know fashion knowledge and art knowledge you know they like what they like um and they 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 you know they appreciate beauty for for beauty's sake and something that's like somewhat emotionally charged uh, so you know sometimes when i try when i get too conceptual or too heady i always think of like would my parents like this or appreciate this you know and and i do think like everything we're doing however niche it is like it's important that you know the the the, the vast audience can understand and appreciate it too um i guess it's you know somewhat of a uh i don't know democratic approach of <laughs> everyone should have access to would you um, just a quick question if i can inter intersect would your yeah, yeah. sort of uh punk goth uh version of yourself uh call that selling out oh not at all oh it goes hand in hand actually uh i think like you know the 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 it's it's, it's totally my punk goth side that that has that question 
No, because, you know, my punk outside is all about, like, you know, fuck the rich and give to the poor. So it's kind of like the same sort of, you know, mentality. It's like, no, this shouldn't be only for the, the, the elite that understands this. It should be for everyone. You know, everyone should be able to, to appreciate this and understand this and, and explore this and, and have access to it. So, no, not, it's funny you mentioned that. I hadn't really connected it, but it totally comes from that. Mm. that side of me you know which which uh you know i'm 40 now and i figured i would have sh you know been able to shed my you know post-adolescent like <laughs> punk phase but i'm still very much in it in everything i do <laughs> it's getting worse actually what the fuck i love that <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds perfect uh, i think that there's something really profoundly beautiful to that and I, I think it's something uh that really struck a chord with me like just because i think we're yeah our perspectives uh when working in fashion they can get we can get so narrow-minded i think and so like we talked about before like sort of self-referential like in totally in, in matter of fashion so yeah so what you're saying uh your parents who aren't keeping up on the latest balenciaga <laughs> Uh, they are not. They should be able to. Uh, <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> no, exactly. All right. They should be able to appreciate um, your work. And so, so can you talk then about like, okay, how does that influence your process further, and and then in the end, your work? Um, well, it's just again, you know, like I think if you see a lot of the work that uh, that I've I've created on, there's I've created on, I've created. Um, it's there's always a sort of emotional component um and then that goes back to what i was saying about like my parents being able to to react to it um obviously i'm using my my parents as a metaphor for <laughs> the masses and you know some sure. you know, universal message but um i think they're you know that i've always been very much driven by a sort of like emotional uh and and almost spiritual um force <laughs> this is getting weird <laughs> no no, no um, go for it. Go i you know i i started meditating really young you know i was like my my i learned how to meditate at like nine uh i was doing yoga with my mom at at, at 15 you know like for me it was there was there was so much about my upbringing that that was um heavily inspired and influenced by this like idea of of trying to to reach this level of altered you know this like altered state or this like you know uh, more um enhanced version of yourself almost you know i feel like this like this like constant you know struggle and strive in 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 a human's life is to you know be able to be almost this like enlightened being you know it's very buddhist in a lot of senses but um where was i going with that uh <laughs> process and uh you, yeah your work and how you yeah how that for sure so, so that is always, you know, very much in the back of, of my head too. You know, it's like, I want, I want to create something that even if it is for fashion or, or, or for what it is, like something that, that makes you feel something, you know, like be it with the music I select for the piece or, you know, I think like the, the, I did this Todd's campaign in 2020 and that's a good example of, of, you know, me injecting a lot of that into a project. It was a super commercial project. Like Todd's is not this like, you know cutting edge like you know edgy brand or anything but we managed to make a really beautiful project that kind of spoke to to the times it was like right you know immediately post-covid and 
And the goal of that entire campaign was to really kind of like strike a chord and, and, and you know, to convey this message of like unity at the end. So, so no matter what it is that the, the, the concept or the theme or whatever of the, of, the, of the campaign is, I always want it to make you feel something. Yeah. Um, you know, be it what it is. You know, I, I went through a phase that I really wanted to make people feel uncomfortable. You know, and this is again not commercial, but when I was doing a lot of like my personal work, it was about this like confrontation and you know this this like putting people almost on edge and and you know I feel like I've kind of explored a lot of different aspects. And now I think we're in you know times are dark. Like let's let's be real. You know, things are mm-hmm. things are intense. So so I think if we can you know project as much beauty as possible, then then I think it's on us. You know, the the, the creatives to to be able to like share a little love and a little beauty and, and, a, and a positive message. You know, so so you know some people might say there's no place in fashion for that necessarily, but I I disagree. You know, like we've we've gone through the darkness and in, in fashion. I think now maybe it'd be good to to give it a little bit of of light. Um, I don't know if this answers at all your question of process. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could just keep listening to it. As that. you can uh, tell, my you're... process is a mess, brother. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, I mean, I, I mean, if there's an idea that a, a creative process should be like organized or sort of, you know, step by step. I mean, okay, there are probably right. people who operate like that. For sure. Not me. Um, uh, no. But I'm sure there is. And, and I'm, I'm a little more uh, spontaneous when it comes to my process, or at least I improvise it based on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm getting more and more to that point where where I, I need to obviously be inspired by the, the core of what's happening. Um, I, you know, a big surprise for me was a Ferrari project because, you know, when, when I was approached by Bureau Futuro uh, to, to take on this project, which was like a long term six month project, I was like, oh, OK, like I've never seen a single Formula One, you know, like my, my punk site is very anti, you know, like fancy cars. Like I drove a, you know, a beat up mini, minivan like and throughout my 20s. And, uh, you know, I've always I've, I'm very not that that guy. I don't care. Um, but it was a fascinating project. And and I think, uh, you know, it, it, it helped me understand that no matter what, you know, who the client is or what the product is or, you know, it's, it's all about that conversation you're having with the, with the teams and with the brands. And they were super cool as a brand to work with. They were very open to ideas, to references, you know, like we were always in this like constant conversation about what, what could be, you know, explored together. And, and, you know, to this day, that's one of those projects that I look back and I'm like, wow, it feels very, like, I'm very proud of that project. And it feels very me in a lot of ways when, when, you know, from day one, I was like, I, I had zero connection to, you know, the Ferrari universe. So I think, uh, you know, it's all about like understanding if there, there is something that, that, that can inspire you from, from what you're about to create. Um, as soon as I feel zero inspiration from a project, I normally try and back out of it because what's the point, you know, like, like there needs to be something, you know, something needs to spark in you, uh, in order to really be able to take on these endeavors. Cause if not, you're just kind of like, you know, wasting energy, I guess. And I don't know, this is, you know, a point that I've arrived at. I've definitely taken on projects that, you know, that I don't show and that for me are like just, they were just money gigs, but I'm trying to, to get to a point where I am, you know, focusing less and less on, on, on those types of projects and working more on the projects that, that mean something to me and that, that feel right, you know? Obviously, you know, we, we, we're, we're not always so lucky and sometimes you just need to like, you know, suck it up and take the, you know, take the jobs that 
that inspire you less but but you know if we can have that goal at least to you know to to you know what was what's that saying like the 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 best job is the the job you know what is it the the dream job is the job you don't work a day anyway there's a saying that kind yes. of yes <laughs> <laughs> I get this. you know what i'm talking about no totally totally <laughs> but but i think it's also i mean you know uh you, you say you arrive at a point where uh, I mean you've done work that you may not be the most proud of, um, and yeah, the money. I mean that's a very real thing. Man, got to eat. Um, uh, totally. <laughs> uh, but but then also, I mean, to, to my own experience as well. Like I mean, the conversations before you go. I mean, it's very interesting. Like when you meet the process of like yeah, when you meet a client for the first time or a potential employer um, and, and that conversation and the discord uh, or the, the conversation you have um, and the energy and the chemistry um, and sometimes that pans out perfectly and it becomes oh my a God. Really engaging exciting project but then you don't always know in advance like how that's going to go so it, it's also well, you rarely know in advance and I think yeah. that chemistry is 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 essential you know, like I've, I've definitely been in situations where you just like don't vibe at all with a client. And it's like, especially in my position, because my position is normally the like the face, you know, I'm the one that's like in front of the client constantly, you know, like I, I and in those situations, what I try and do is I don't know, like, like protect the talent, the artists that I'm working with as much as possible and, you know, try and kind of negotiate with the <laughs> with the with the client in, in 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 a lot of senses but there's there's oftentimes a you know there can be a little bit of a of a lack of understanding i think of mm. of the creative process from the client side um i've you know again been lucky enough to have to have worked with amazing clients that i've understood and have been very sensitive and 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 great but i i also have been in certain situations where you're just like wow we're not machines you know like i understand you know there's a paycheck at the end of this but you need to understand that there is also you know we're, we're, we're trying to deliver something that comes from mm. i don't know from from the heart or you know they're, they're we're, real right exactly you know like we're not just like these machines that are that are producing these you know the, the, this content um you know we're we're trying to do something significant i think always and if, if, if you're not then i don't know what you're doing i feel you know like um well, so I, I, think, I think there are certainly certainly people who who have different approaches to work and i think i mean how you approach uh, your work and talking about there needs to be uh, an emotional experience is something uh, which I think is a really important conversation, especially in the in the framework of of metaverse and going digital. Like, um, what is that? Like, how, how do we transmit that feeling uh, when it's something that's not tangible and maybe it's yeah, it's digital fashion perhaps? And and there's so many new interesting questions around that, which I think is super fascinating. For um, sure. And for sure, we, I think we, we, we can't take the same things for granted anymore. You know. Yeah. No, no, no. A hundred percent. I I do think like uh, there are these sort of like chords that are struck um, that can be struck even in, in a tangible or in a digital world. You know what I mean? Like mm. there's this like uh, appreciation for for certain you know sensitivities that I think can easily translate into the, the digital world, but I'm maybe not the best person to be talking about the metaverse with, cause I'm still like, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> no, no, but, but, but I think also we, I'm fascinated by it, but it's not. Yeah, I'm. I'm still I mean, also trying to navigate how we're going to yeah. like really transition into this, and and to what extent we're going to transition to it. Like, part of me is also like, you know, yes, it's it's huge and it's important, but is 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 it going to become our, the all knowing? You know, within the next few years, or are we still going to have a certain level of like, you know, reality that matters? <laughs> Um, is it something that we're going to see in our lifetime? You know, there's a lot of questions that mm-hmm. I think the fashion, it's funny to see how the, fa- the fashion industry is like all about it right now. And, you know, fine. But it's, it's also like, you know, let's see how it develops, you know, like, let's see, let's see to what extent it's something that, you know, for now, it doesn't seem like it's really had the, the, the impact that if they, you know, people were predicting uh, the last couple of years from what I've seen, you know, from like the digital 100%. fashion weeks or whatever, it just feels like, Oh, it's been like, you know, uh, a little underwhelming. So um, I think, you know, there's, 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 uh, there's aspects to, to be explored and to continue to be developed. But, but I personally, with the way my work is, I'm, I'm not getting into it right away. <laughs> but, but I think, I, I mean, talking to, to you about this now, it just makes me think that on one hand, we there, there may be the possibility that we over sort of estimate uh, the importance of physicality and the world that we live in. I mean, mm-hmm. in the case of of the of the Todd's job that you referenced, which I think is beautiful, we'll, we'll share the video uh, here on the server uh, so everybody can see it. Um, but it's it. I mean, that's not real to me. It's uh, it, it's a world that I don't live in. It's people that I don't know. Uh, it's beautiful. There's an emotion. There's beautiful music. Uh, there's beautiful clothes and whatnot. Um, but it's not something that's physical to me. It's all on a screen. So yeah. in that sense, like I, th- I think we kind of like over. We tend to like uh, put too much weight onto uh, how, yeah, like the importance of of physicality as well sometimes like or the necessity of so it, it being physical for us to to feel or interact with well that's a that's a huge conversation and i just had a little bit of a of a mind blow moment with you saying that but it's it's true you know like everything we experience and we witness is through a screen so you know yeah. we're, we're we're discussing you know the metaverse and how complicated it is to like you know uh, understand what it means to 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 take it on but the reality is we're already living in it you know like our our immediate reality and what we're experiencing like i've recently had to just like start muting people or unfollowing people on instagram because like i'm convinced that i know everything about them and that you know like i'm I'm actually, you know, uh, familiar with their lives. And it's like, that's so weird. That's so kind of, uh, I personally find it a little unhealthy because it's like, no, you know, like I, I create these like, you know, connections or friendships with these people that I'm just like following. And, mm. and it's like, why, like, why do, do I, you know, we're putting ourselves through this, this uh, altered reality basically you know on a daily basis so it's true that the maybe you know in that sense it's fun you know thank you for putting it that way because it 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 kind of like helps me almost understand that the transition into the metaverse maybe wouldn't be so complex because we're already in it Uh, i I, I think yeah i I think there are certainly parallels and but i think uh not to get too far into that now i mean that can set up another conversation but but i think um you know the metaverse and the, the digital experience will be successful when people like you uh, are doing what you do now 
but for the digital in, in there okay yeah yeah like when people like you are thinking about storytelling and the emotive quality quality or purpose uh in in a certain experience or uh, oh, that that makes total sense no, I started working with a with a great agency that's very much invested in in that, and and that's what was appealing to them about working with me. Actually, it was the fact that I had zero knowledge on on the you know the whole metaverse and you know video gaming culture and all that, but that I came with a you know a more sort of like storytelling approach. So it's true, you know, like I, I do think uh, there's this sort of like. Um, the emotional aspect that maybe needs to be injected into that universe for it to be a little bit more consumable um, and inhabitable. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, we're, for, we're, at least for the time being, you know, humans are going to remain pretty emotional beings. I think so. Um, so we need to kind of figure out how to like ingest that into into everything we we're a part of. No. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. And I, I think I, my sort of mantra is that, and it's kind of what, just a different wording with what you're saying is that everything is an experience. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel the experience, uh, it's unsuccessful. Totally. And that is regardless of how that is communicated, if it's in person or if it's in a, on a, in a concert or, you know, a movie or whatever it is, or the metaverse. It's, um, I really think that's like uh, something that we'll come back to regardless of the technology or the medium or the screen formats, whether it be square around or 360 or whatever it is. Um, there are several things I would love to keep talking to you about. Uh, I think <laughs> we'll have to have you come back at some time. Okay. But I, uh, I would love, uh, I think, you know, uh, it's always interesting to hear, I mean, you speak with a lot of wisdom and, and uh, that you've sort of distilled through your various uh, successes and I'm sure failures as well from, from your point of view. Um, and and, and I, th- I think uh, as a digression, I think what we're talking about now should be taught in art school and fashion school, like the, the, most, the emotional quality of, of an experience. For um, sure. But what- no, I, I think I, we're, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, yeah, I think it's we're we're yeah we're we're constantly kind of expected to to produce produce produce, and this goes from the school uh, moment and and you know and your career to, to throughout your career, um, and I think sometimes it's important to like stop and and really kind of like take a step back and understand what it is you're you're trying to say and and what it makes you feel and what you're trying to make people feel. You know, feelings are, I think, uh, an essential part of, of, of any sort of like cultural and creative output, I think. Um, that's my like, you know, my inner Morrissey talking right there. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're already probably touching in on something here, but could you, so, so um, I would love to hear you sort of, I mean, it's maybe a bit of a cliche, but um, to, to. You want to hear me sing, like, brother? Do you want me to serenade you? <laughs> no, just Always, kidding. Really cool. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, okay. What, what's what's another piece of advice uh, you wish you had been given when you were um, a young creative, sort of starting to explore and navigate your path um, as a creative individual? Well, I think we might have touched on that already. It's just like do it all. 
Like don't, don't, don't feel that it's important right away to, to define what it is you need to be, you know, like titles. I feel like we're in this, like, you know, we're, we're in this constant sort of like struggle to figuring out like what it is we are. Um, and I, I think I, you know, I would have loved to have someone be like, do it all. Like, just, if you want to do this, do that, do then, you know, the next week, do the other thing. Like, don't worry so much about, about, you know, it being necessarily cohesive because it, you know, like you said, full circle, like at this point in my career, in my life, it's all kind of like come around and all these like random <laughs> miscellaneous and, and scattered experiences that I've had have come together to like make something that I'm like, okay, now, now it makes sense, you know, and it's taken a bit, but, but I'm, you know, I'm proud and excited of that journey now. Uh, maybe if someone would have told me it, then I would have done too much and I, now I'd be a mess. Uh, <laughs> so uh, maybe it's not, the, you know, an advice you need to give. Um, but but I do think I worried a lot of, you know, I'm a worrier from, you know, in general, but um, I think I did worry, especially like right out of school, that I, I wasn't making the right decisions and that I was trying too many things, you know, it's like, up until not that long ago, too, I was like, God, I wish I, should, I would have, you know, really devoted my time to one thing instead of the other. Um, and now I understand that all these things kind of like make up who I am and, and what I'm able to, to create and what I'm able to do. So, so yeah, I, I guess Amazing. the one thing would be like, don't worry too much about about like defining yourself as one particular thing right off the bat, especially, especially as a young creative, you know, you can worry about that later. If by the time you're like 50 and you're still kind of like not sure what you want to do, then, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to figure it out a little more. But for young creatives, I think, uh, I think like let yourself go a little bit because, you know, there, there, there's a million things that, that, that we can do and that, that, you know, the, the, a lot of windows that could be open, windows or doors, doors that can be open. Or both. Well, or maybe you could fly through the windows. There we go. Or something. <laughs> Federico, that is, I think it's a beautiful way to, to, uh, to just stop the conversation there. And I think that's really um, well put and, and something that, uh, that I, yeah, I really appreciate hearing. Um, and with that, I just want to say thank you so much for thank time you. To, share um a bit about your story your process and your um well i was going to say work but uh, we'll we'll share a bit of that in our uh, on our discord here um, awesome no and thank you there was like so many really great aha moments in this conversation so um, i think we should do it again yeah. no 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 for sure i'll take like 22 or 33 so we can okay. stick with a <laughs> with a with a you know a theme okay. <laughs> so let me know noted all okay. right Thank you so much, uh, Federico. Thanks, Thank you to everyone listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. Okay.